Welcome to the ministry of Reverend David Edigenfi. Reverend David is the founder and president of Kingdom Mystery Center Worldwide. He is an end-time apostle mandated to raise mature sons of God who will explicitly manifest their identity in Christ. Reverend David has a dynamic music ministry and is the author of Dangers of Wrong Marriage. His strong passion for soul winning has spread Jesus for all nations, an evangelistic crusade ministry. Now listen to Reverend David Edgenby. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you. You give me glory. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for dying to save our soul. Thank you for coming our way, Lord, to deliver us from hell. Thank you for the power in the blood of Jesus. The power in your name, O oh God. Thank you for the ministry of angels that are around us always, Lord. We are eternally grateful unto you. Jesus, thank you for your presence that is here with us. Let your presence, Lord, be felt more and more Lord not just here but over the airwaves I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that your power will travel on the airwaves touching lives renewing minds saving souls take over every single session I commit all the equipment into your hands and I ask God for stability I pray that Lord all things will work together for our good even in Jesus name anoint me Lord to preach to teach your word tonight and be a blessing to the body of Christ and to the world at large in the name of Jesus we pray with thanksgiving hallelujah Praise the Lord. Wow. Yes, a blessing to come your way once again tonight. Last week, we had an opportunity and the privilege 
to really share on uh, the, the, the doctrine of baptisms. The doctrine of baptisms. And it was a great blessing. We understood the most relevant baptisms for the New Testament believer. We understood that we have four relevant baptisms for the New Testament believer. Though, when we go through the whole Bible, the Bible talks about seven different kinds of baptisms. We started with the baptism into the body of Christ. The baptism into the body of Christ. Where we understood that the baptism into the body of Christ is the same as being born again. When one gets born again, the Holy Spirit takes you and immerses you and makes you part of the body of Christ. And that is when you can say that we have the mind of Christ. And then we understood that apart from the baptism into the body of Christ, we also have the baptism of water. We also have the baptism of water. When you read the book of Matthew, the Bible said that John told the disciples, said, I baptize you with water, but he that comes, cometh after me is greater than I. He said, he shall baptize you with fire. So it means that there is not only one baptism. There is the baptism of water, there is the baptism of fire. And apart from these two baptisms that John spoke about, we also have another baptism called the baptism of suffering. The baptism of suffering, which is very relevant. And tonight, I want us to focus, if we can have time, to focus on the baptism of suffering. If we have time, then we will extend our tentacles into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I want you to follow very critical because we have understood that without the first baptism, the baptism into the body of Christ, all other baptism may not be relevant to you. And you cannot be water baptized before being baptized into the body of Christ. It's an error. It doesn't work like that. Actually, if you're not born again, what actually happens to you is that there is nothing that you do that has life. There is nothing that you do that has relevance in the sight of God. Everything that you do in the name of pleasing God before you being born again is an act of religion. It falls into the acts of religion. It is influenced by the spirit of religion. It is man's effort to know God. Anything that you do before getting born again doesn't please the Lord in any way. No. And then also, everything that you do after being born again, whether good or bad, has a major impact on your eternal life. Your eternalness. It will determine what happens to you in eternal realms. It has a great impact in the spirit realm. So, when you are born again, everything that you do is of much importance. The father considers it. That's why the Bible says that when he comes back, he will come with a reward and an award. And he will give unto everybody according to what he has done in his body. According to what he has done in his body. Everything that you do with your body, God is interested in it. Your hairstyle, when you get born again, God is interested in your hairstyle. God is interested in the dress you wear. God is interested in where you go. God is interested in the words that comes out of your mouth. God is interested in everything concerning you. Because nothing about a believer is waste. 
everything about a believer is prophetic and it is speaking something the bible says we dispense the fragrances of christ whatever we do dispense a certain fragrance hallelujah so tonight i want us to look at the subject of the baptism of suffering the subject of the baptism of suffering but you see i want to make something clear here i will let uh Pasayma read um hebrews chapter 6 which is our foundational scripture so that we can be consistent with what we are doing hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of christ let us go on unto perfection mm. not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward god of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment so the doctrine of baptism now you look at the, the word and you realize that it is plural it means that the baptism we are talking about is not just one baptism we are talking about different more than one baptism and it doesn't really end with the baptism of fire john knew about the water baptism and then the fire baptism but when jesus came he made us aware that there's another baptism called the baptism of suffering and then there's another baptism that he also spoke about called the baptism of the holy spirit and tonight i want us to look at the baptism of suffering and the baptism of the holy spirit you see if you are not very very careful let me just pick some scripture thank you holy spirit Luke 12, the verse number 50. Luke 12, the verse number 50. Luke 12, verse 50. But I, but I have a baptism to be baptized. So with. Jesus is speaking here. He said, but I have a baptism. A baptism. That is the kind of baptism to be baptized. <laughs> and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? And how am I straightened? How am I straightened till it be accomplished? That means that the, Jesus was thinking about the baptism and how he was getting worried about it. The pressure the baptism was bringing onto him. He was always concerned about it. To the point that when he got to Gethsemane, he had to pray about it. The baptism. Until it be accomplished. Let's look at Matthew 20, the verse number 22 to 23. Matthew 20, verse 22. But Jesus answered and said, mm. Ye know not what he asks. Manuel, can you please start from the verse number 20? Okay, verse so 20. Yeah. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, mm. worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. Mm. And he said unto her, Was desiring what? Desiring certain thing of him. Certain things. Yes, of him. Of him. Good. And he said unto her, mm. What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that this, this my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left mm -hmm. in thy kingdom. Mm -hmm. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what he asks. Mm -hmm. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of mm. and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Wow. They say unto him, We are able. <laughs> and he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. 
Hallelujah. So you, look, you can see the story of John and James and uh, what uh, the Bible said when the, the mother requested that one sits on the right hand side of Jesus and the other sits on the left hand side of Jesus. The Bible said that when they requested that, Jesus said that you don't really know what you are asking of. Are you ready to drink of the cup and the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with? And the Bible said that they said, yes, we are ready. And Jesus answered it and said that, yes, you may be able to go through the baptism, but to sit on my right hand and my left hand, it is not unto me to determine, which suggests that every baptism has a position it brings us into. Every baptism has a position it brings us into. Now, when we talk about the baptism of suffering, what do we really mean by the baptism of suffering? We take Jesus' example and we make it clear in explanation as long as the baptism of suffering is concerned. The call, the Christian faith, the call of the Christian is a call of suffering. It's a call of suffering. So the Bible says that, Blessed are ye when men persecute you for my sake. There is a level in our Christian work that we come to that we must be identified with suffering. We must be identified with suffering. Now, I want you to understand this. Every Christian, when you are born again, and as long as you are led by the Holy Spirit, there is the first place of arrival that you will find yourself. That people mistakenly consider that as a baptism of suffering but I'm telling you that is not the baptism of suffering we have what we call the wilderness experience the wilderness experience the Bible talks about the fact that when Jesus went to John the Baptist and he was baptized and he was coming out of the water the heavens opened and there was a voice that affirmed his sonship and then he was led by the Holy Spirit he was led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And child of God, many things happened to Jesus whilst he was there. Jesus was hungry. Jesus was thirsty. Jesus was tested. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tried. Jesus went through a lot of things. Jesus came face to face with Satan. Jesus encountered many things. Jesus' character was tried. His pride was tried. The fact that Satan came to Jesus and told Jesus, if you want the son of God, take this decision. It means that Satan was testing Jesus' pride to see whether he prides himself in that aspect and whether he would do things based on who he is or as instructed. Jesus had what we call the wilderness experience, which was not actually his baptism. This was after water baptism. Every Christian is called to walk through the wilderness. The Bible says that, and God told Moses, go and tell Pharaoh that he should let my people go, that they may worship me. The first step out of Egypt, they landed at the wilderness. 
and on the wilderness these people were tried they were they were tempted they they were they went through a lot they met serpents they met the red sea they, they met a lot of things at certain point in time not even every every one of them that got to the promised land why some of them started complaining some of them started murmuring disloyalty a whole lot of things and a lot of them were dropping out on the way why there was a character test there was a test of faithfulness so many things the wilderness experience wilderness is a place of i mean of experience that must be accepted it is not a place that you should ignore for you to ignore your wilderness experience you have not yet started your christian work and you cannot do anything the bible says that and he retained in the power of the holy spirit it is by your wilderness experience that you come to the place of power mind you your wilderness encounter is not the baptism of suffering the wilderness encounter brings you to the place of power but the baptism of suffering brings you to the place of authority it brings you to the place of authority you must understand that very very careful when we talk about wilderness we are talking about remote place seemingly empty devoid of all outward appealings and comfort in other words without god with you in the wilderness look you are in misery you are in misery so god was with jesus whilst he was in the wilderness jesus embraced wilderness experience wilderness experience is what helps our maturity it is wilderness experience that helps what our maturity for us to be able to to manifest the power of god look what cannot try us we cannot try it so it is in the wilderness that we can be tried and tested it is in the wilderness that we can be tried and tested and for your information the wilderness experience is what builds in you tenacity by the holy spirit builds in you ability to stand the test of time without the wilderness experience you will fail the baptism of suffering without your encounter on the wilderness you will fail the baptism of suffering I'm telling you because if Jesus had not gone through the wilderness experience when Peter called him aside and tried to rebuke him and advise him not to talk about death that he shouldn't die he would have accepted it but you see something was built in him ready and has set him ready for the assignment yeah now wilderness is a place jesus christ embraced to be a positive place he followed the spirit to the place and led himself several times to the place now when you look at look for the verse number one look for the verse number one look for verse one mm. and jesus being full of the holy ghost returned from jordan and was led by the spirit and he was led wilderness. by the spirit so wilderness is part of god's plan wilderness is part of god's plan now when you read the bible the exodus of the children of israel from egypt to the promised land then you will understand the importance of wilderness in a believer's life then you will understand you see there is a place 
where you are tortured for righteousness sake but there is a place where by reason of your work you arrive in certain situations you are not the same jesus was led by the spirit and there were other times that though he wasn't led by the spirit he walked into the wilderness by himself and these were times after mighty demonstrations in his ministry after powerful services powerful crusades mighty healings wild things had happened in jesus's service which i believe that right after that he should begin to feel tired and start thinking about an air-conditioned hotel room so that he goes to relax himself but when you read the verse number 40 to 42 of the same Luke chapter 4 this is what the Bible said verse 40 now mm. when the sun was setting mm. all they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him mm. and he laid his hands on every one of them glory and healed them he healed them and devils also came out of many devils also came out of many crying out mm. and saying Mm. Thou art Christ, the Son of God. Glory. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak. Mm -hmm. For they knew that he was Christ. God. And when it was day, mm. he departed and went into and a desert And when it place. was day, it means that Jesus had an all-night service. Jesus had an all-night service, which was so powerful that every sick person that came there was healed. Devils were casted out. Some of them advised themselves by going away. And whilst it was day, Jesus did what? He went into a desert place. He went into the wilderness once again. And the people sought him. And the people were looking for him. And came unto him. Now, for people, for the Bible to say people were looking for him means that he wasn't among people. Wilderness experience is your time of separation. It's your time of what? Separation. It is actually the season of circumcision also. Wilderness experience. It is not the same as the, the baptism of suffering. I've not come there. I've not come there. So sometimes you get born again by the time you realize, oh, some people, your mother is sucking you, your father is sucking you. You have not yet started the baptism of suffering. You are just walking in your wilderness experience. Because, you see, when you get born again as a baby Christian, it is the responsibility of fathers and mothers and the spirit of God to protect you from harsh weather. So there are certain sufferings that they don't, they, they, the Lord does not permit. The Bible says there's no temptation which is not common to man. Even if it is not, He said He will make a way of escape. So when the, 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 the whole thing is too much for you, there is a way God brings deliverance. And it is the responsibility of God to do that. So the Bible says He will give His angels charge over you. At least you dash your foot against a stone. But you see, for wilderness experience, Look, you will need to go through. Jesus, after the all-night meeting, like you and I, we would go and sleep and wake up around three. But the Bible says he retrieved and went back to the wilderness. It means that he embraced the wilderness as part of his life. The wilderness was the place of generation of power. It was the place of the generation of what? Character. It was the place of generation of what? Fortification. The wilderness was a place of blessing strangely it was a place of blessing hallelujah praise the lord look 5 15 look at what the bible said look 5 verse 15 um, but so much the more went there a fame abroad of him now jesus became so famous on television on the internet everywhere everywhere i mean i mean his name was everywhere 
and great multitudes came together to hear. And I tell you, when Jesus has a crusade, it was a mega church. And to be healed by him of their infirmity. Yeah. And he withdrew himself. And he withdrew himself into after the building a mega church. He withdrew himself into where? The, the wilderness, wilderness and, and prayed. prayed. He withdrew himself into the wilderness. And so the wilderness must be by your choice. You should, you should welcome it. You should welcome it. You should accept it. You should thank God for the opportunity to find yourself in the wilderness. Because that is where you build character. And that is a place where you, will, you, you build the ability to appreciate God. You see, if you don't go through the wilderness, you will not know how to worship. The protocol of worship is properly learned in the wilderness. So he told Pharaoh, he said, tell the people, tell Pharaoh that he should let my people go, that they may worship me in the wilderness. In the wilderness. The reality of a person's heart is actually worked upon in the wilderness. In the wilderness. It is in the wilderness that God would drain out of you every substance and every juice of Egypt. It is in the wilderness that God begins to work on your mind to start thinking like a Zionite instead of an Egyptian or a Babylonian. It is in the wilderness. So wilderness experience is not an experience that you have to turn your back on. It's something you must embrace. Your ability to humble yourself to endure your seasons of baptism, of suffering, attracts divine voice of affirmation and positional authority. Like I told you, when you endure in the wilderness and overcome, you endure with power. You come out with great power. But you see, when you go through the baptism of suffering, you come out with authority and then an endorsed position divinely. They are not the same. Prevailing in the wilderness brings you to the place of power, but submitting for the baptism of suffering brings you to the place of authority that has been made. If you avoid the wilderness, you will never know the supernatural pathways of God. If you avoid wilderness experience, you will never know the supernatural pathways of God. Now listen to me. Any man that goes through the wilderness begins to see the supernatural manifestations of God. The Bible says, for the children of Israel, they knew the works of God. But Moses knew the ways. The children of Israel would never have known how mighty God is until they came face to face with the Red Sea and they saw supernatural demonstration. How water can be parted in the two and one half will stand like a wall and another will have stand. Have you seen liquid stand like a wall before? It's a supernatural demonstration. And it always happened in the wilderness. It always happened in the wilderness. In the wilderness encounter, you are given a privilege to observe and to see how things are done supernaturally. But when one goes through the baptism of suffering, the person is brought to the place where he works out those supernatural things. So, you must understand it. By reason of the baptism of suffering, you come to a place where you are given the authority to work out those supernatural things. You speak it and it's happening. That is happening. That is happening. But during the wilderness experience, you see how it is done. You are taught how it is done. God does it and you see it. 
the wilderness encounter? Is it the wilderness that sin and weakness are dealt with? It's in the wilderness that sin. Now, I'm laying this foundation because of where we are going. It's in the wilderness that sin and weaknesses are dealt with. God will take away everything that will destroy you in your promised land. It is in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place in the system of God's mercy that must be understood properly. And I, I want to add these two things then I shift on to the, the, the suffering. Okay, let me make it three. According to Psalm 74, the verse number 14. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan into pieces. Thou breakest the head of Leviathan into pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. You see, thou givest the I mean, breakest the Leviathan into pieces and gavest him to be meat unto the people who are inhabiting what the, the wilderness. wilderness. It is men that dwell in the wilderness that receive power to overcome Leviathan and the serpent. Leviathan is the spirit that scatter revival, that deceive men to transmit revival into religion. Leviathan is the spirit that brings breeds immorality during seasons of revival so that the flow will break. So whilst men are pursuing holiness, other people in the kingdom or in the house are pursuing immorality and you realize that the anger of God will come up and then the revival will break. That is the work of Leviathan. The Leviathan uses his tail to scatter what God gathers. But men of the wilderness, men of the wilderness, they are men that are empowered to overcome Leviathan. And Leviathan becomes like a meat unto them. Because of what? Wilderness experience. Because of the wilderness experience. You see, the ways of the Lord are prepared in the wilderness. The Bible says there is a voice in the wilderness crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. The ways of God are prepared in the wilderness. But you see, the baptism of suffering is experienced on the, I mean, on the walk of the way of the Lord. So as we walk, as we proceed on the ways of God, we go through the baptism of suffering. But when we get enter into the wilderness, we prepare the way of the Lord. We prepare the way of the Lord. If you are going to be a bride of God, the church is a bride of God, no matter what, the church and the saints must go through the wilderness to come out as the bride that he is expecting. The brides of God are made from the wilderness. Songs of Solomon. 8.5 Songs of Solomon, Solomon 8.5 mm -hmm. Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness mm. leaning upon her beloved Ayakata. I raised thee up under the apple, apple tree, tree. Mm. there thy mother brought thee forth there she brought thee forth that bare thee Hallelujah So for the beloved or the bride of Christ to appear we should survive the wilderness encounter. Other than that, you forget about it. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to compare these two scriptures. When you read Luke chapter 4, oh, that's Luke chapter 3, the, verse, the, the last verse in chapter 3, Luke 3, 38. Mm-hmm. Which was the son of Enos? Which was the son of Seth? Which was the son of Adam? Which was the son of God? Okay, no, hold on. Let me, let me just look for the scripture. But then, you know, when John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus, the Bible said that the heavens opened and a voice came out and said that, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then after which, the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. But you know, when Jesus died and resurrected, when Jesus died, was buried and resurrected, that was another dimension of what? Baptism. And that was the baptism of suffering Jesus spoke about before he died. So at baptism of water, the heavens opened, the voice of God affirmed that this is my beloved son in whom I am what? Well pleased. But in the baptism of suffering, when he had come out of the baptism of suffering, another voice came forth and said, this is my beloved son. Today have I begotten thee. Today have I begotten thee. Now, through the baptism of suffering, we are birthed into our rightful position in Christ. Or better still, into our callings. Today have I begotten thee. Jesus was the first begotten of the Father. If we shall also be begotten, then we will also go through what he went through. Then we will also go through what he went through. The Bible says that. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son. Because the angels had never suffered what he suffered. So he never said unto them, thou art my son. Today have I begotten thee. No. He was the one that went through it and suffered it. Hallelujah. Another time, man of God, that the voice of God came forth and said, you are my beloved son, was when they were on the mountain of transfiguration. But something significant happened there, which is also a type of baptism. The Bible says that, and they were enveloped in glory by the cloud of what? Glory. They were enveloped. That means that they were immersed they were immersed and the moment the immersion took place the Bible said why yet he spoke behold a bright cloud overshadowed them and behold a voice out of the cloud which said this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased God is pleased with men that survive what baptisms you must go through it you must go through it the reason why baptism is so much important to God is that it's a demonstration and an act of humility it's a demonstration and an act of what? Humility. So when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, no, 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 I have to baptize. He said, no, 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 I have to. That was a demonstration of humility. And grace answers to humility. He gave grace to the humble and resists the proud. Grace answers to what? The humble. Grace answers to the humble. So baptism anytime you come down because look when jesus was battling in gethsemane one thing was so common he had the, he had the opportunity to say no i'm not going to go 
but he embraced it he prayed and said lord not my will but your will be done not my will but your will be done he embraced it and that was a demonstration of submission and humility and because of that when he survived it and came out a voice came forth from god and said you are my beloved son today have i begotten thee if you shall survive your seasons i tell you there shall be affirmation and confirmation of you in the mighty name of jesus christ There are people who are suffering all over the world. There are a lot of people who are suffering all over the world. And sincerely speaking, the kind of suffering they are going through has nothing to do with the baptism of suffering. It is an act of foolishness that has brought them lack of knowledge, wisdom that has brought them to that realm. Your lack of wisdom has brought you to that realm of what? Suffering. But you see, that which we are talking about concerning the baptism of suffering, we are looking at, you see, Peter said something in 1 Peter 4, the verse number 15 and 16. 1 Peter 4, verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or <laughs> as a thief. So Peter is saying that, look, don't be a Christian and go and steal and you are being beaten. And say, ah, baptism of suffering, no. Baptism of suffering, they are beating me. You see, they are beating me. And once they are beating you, they are telling you that, oh, pony, oh, Christonimpony. And they say, oh, this baptism of suffering. This baptism of suffering. Peter said that don't go and steal or don't go and kill and be tortured and call it baptism of suffering. What did he say? Or as an evildoer. Uh-huh. Or as a busybody mm-hmm. in other men's matters. As a busybody. Yeah. As a busybody. There are people who are very lazy or walking about every day. They're not busy. But they are just, their body is busy. But they are not in business. And they begin to go hungry. They don't do anything profitable. They begin to go hungry and they call it baptism of suffering. <laughs> Go on. Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, mm-hmm. let him not be ashamed. Good. But let him glorify God on this behalf. If it is for who you are and for what you do for the Lord that you are suffering, that is what we call what? The baptism of what? Suffering. Because of, you see, I have been, I've been insulted and blasted because I was sharing the word or because I chose to go with Christ. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm surviving. I I I I I have been denied my 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 daily meal or whatever. If it is for your calling and for your position as a Christian that you are suffering, then you have entered into what the baptism of what suffer. You must endure it because it has a glorious word ending. Hallelujah. When you read Colossians 1 23 to 25. Colossians Look one. at what Paul said. Paul made a very wonderful statement and controversial there. It's, it looks controversial, but it's not. Colossians 1 verse 23. Go if on. we continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Mm-hmm. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you? So he said, I, Paul, am made a minister of this gospel. And I rejoice in my suffering for you. Why? Mm-hmm. And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions He's, of Christ. He said that flesh. I am surviving this suffering to make sure the gospel reaches you so that I will fill up whatever is lacking. 
whatever is lacking said i'll fill up what is lacking in the afflictions of christ in my flesh for the sake of the body which is his church for the sake of the body of christ which is his church paul was trying to tell us that there are certain things now listen to me very careful if you read the scripture you think that the sufferings of christ was not complete it was complete the sufferings of christ the sufferings that jesus went through it was complete but when you read the scripture it may sound to you that paul is saying that it wasn't complete and he paul had to complete it no what paul is trying to say is that you see who suffered is jesus jesus is the head of the church so the head has been bruised and suffered but the body must also experience and conform to the head so paul is saying that the head is complete but for the body of christ there is something that is lacking the body must also go through it because you see one thing about the whole body is that when one part is suffering the brain sends signals to every part of the body and they all experience it and they all experience it so paul is saying that his suffering in the ministry were to fill up what is lacking in the affliction so you see as we suffer for the sake of christ and for the expansion of the kingdom the advancement of the kingdom we are actually filling up what is lacking in the body we are actually filling up what is lacking in the body and one thing is that man of god if we fail to suffer for the advancement of the kingdom the next person that is not born again can never be born again that's the truth that's the truth because every life is proceeded out of death every life is proceeded out of death so paul said that we die daily we die for your sake we die daily we die daily something about our life is is taken from us we die daily so that you may be alive so the sufferings of christ the baptism of suffering is actually designed to help us to be able to execute our calling in christ hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah so the sacrifices and sufferings in seeking to be a perfect servant and representation of christ to the church and to the world now corinthians second corinthians 11 23 to 28 let's look at some of the things paul had to go through before certain people had to hear the word and before certain people had to really be born again and before the the advancement of the kingdom let's look at some of the things Paul had to go through are they ministers of Christ mm. I speak as a fool mm. I am more in labors more abundant he said in labor more abundant in stripes above measure in stripes above measure you're born in my above measure above measure Jesus was beaten Paul was beaten in mm-hmm. prisons more frequent he, f- he was in prison several times how many times have you been in prison how many times have you been beaten for preaching the word of God? How many times have you been beaten for, I mean, sharing your faith with somebody? One day I was sharing the word of God with a Muslim girl. And the father was uh, uh, a malam. And the father called me on phone. In fact, the girl gave her life to Christ. And I think her lifestyle changed in the house. And uh, he, was, he, was, he went to tell, people went to tell the father that I have done that. So the father called me and he said, if I'm not careful, you will kill me. Then I said, making the battle the battle of the gods makes me more safer. He said, me a malam, we are me kum. 
Wow. <laughs> but you see, the seed of Christ had already been planted. And then I, I was me. Amen. So Paul is saying that in prisons, frequent. In deaths, often. Hey, Paul said that he died. Does it mean that he died and resurrected again? In that, that means that he went through things that were life demanding. He went through things. He, he died several times. I mean, for your sake. He was tortured. We are talking about the body. You see, man, man of God, our ability to do the work of God excellently is our readiness to be baptized with suffering. If we are not ready to be baptized with suffering, let us forget about it. That is why I'm telling you that the wilderness experience is relevant for you to be able to survive the baptism of suffering. People will laugh at you. People will say whatever they want to say. He said, deaths several times, often. Paul died several times. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes. Save one. He said, with the Jews, five times did he receive 40 stripes, save one. That means that Paul was last by the Jews 39 times, five times. Five, he said, 40 minus one. That is 39. Five times by the Jews. So 39 times five. Thrice was I beaten with rods. He said, Thrice was he beaten with rods. Talking about iron rods. He was beaten. Three times he was beaten on three different occasions. Just for sharing his faith. What have we saw? You see, today we look at the kind of Christian the way Christianity we have. And you see, that's what makes it difficult for the for the gospel to advance, for the kingdom to advance. Because we are not ready to pay our price. You see, whatever you are not ready to die for, I'm telling you, you are not ready to live for. Whatever you are not ready to die for, I'm telling you the truth that every vision thrives on the life of the visionary. Every vision thrives on the life of the visionary. So for a vision to do well, the visionary must exchange his life for the vision. So if I wake up and I'm driving, the direction I'm going, I'm going there because of the vision not because of what I want. So the vision determines my movement, where I go, what I do, when I sleep. So that the vision survives on my life. The vision survives on my life. And that is why many people's visions are dying. And the vision of the advancement of the kingdom, if it will survive, it will survive on the life of the saints. The saint must be ready to exchange his life so that when an unbeliever is hiding in the, in, I mean, somewhere in China, no matter the communist system, we should be able to pay the price and go there and break that system and then help the people out. We must find ways and means of letting the gospel reach people in North Korea. We must find ways and means to let the gospel reach people in certain areas in the north, in certain remote areas. There will be a cost. But you see, the cost is the call of the baptism of suffering. We should be ready to survive it. We should be ready to survive it. The beauty of your calling, the beauty of your calling is hidden in your readiness to survive it. Some of us want to become like Jesus. Lord, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. Lord, I want to be more. 
You see, we love to sing songs like this. Lord, I want to be more like you. Oh, Jesus, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. Lord, I want to be more like you. We sing songs like this, but we are not ready to pay the price to become more like him. Now, Philippians 3.10 this is what Paul said. Listen to it. That I may know him. He said that I may know and him. And the power of his resurrection. And the power of resurrection. So Paul was looking for opportunity to know him. To come. That means that Paul is trying to say that I want to be more intimate with him. I want to be more intimate with him. And then also have an experience of the power of his resurrection. But Paul knew that this cannot be until I come into fellowship of his suffering. I should be able to fellowship with him in his suffering. I should be able to feel how he felt. I should be able to survive the things he survived. I should be able to go through the things he went through. You cannot die on the cross for somebody to be saved. No, that must be once. That must be one. But you can die for somebody to be saved by another, another medium. How? The food you may be eating can save somebody. I was telling my sister, I said, look, you guys have the opportunity as nurses. I was talking to a doctor today and he was telling me how another doctor was dying and certain nurses were there and they could have done something about it and they watched the doctor and the doctor just died. And when he went and he took the file, looked through, he realized that somebody should have been present to administer something, but they were talking to another doctor on phone to give instructions whether the patient is allergic to the drug or whatever, nobody was present and the doctor died. I was quiet. I was just quiet. I was like, oh, negligence. Negligence. People are, you see, we should be ready. I read a story about an Italian old woman and an Italian priest during this COVID-19 when she was using her oxygen and they brought in an, a younger patient and that 82-year-old man looked at the younger lady, guy and took his oxy, her oxygen and gave it to the younger person that he must live so that he will die because at least he has tasted life. That's what we are talking about. Exchanging your life for others. Exchanging your comfort for others. Exchanging your, 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 your peace for others. Exchanging your life for others. Paying prices for others to gain. Not gaining cars. Not gaining. You see, the devil has gotten us busy in pursuit of prosperity, in pursuit of money, in pursuit of cars, buildings, in pursuit of certain things. And therefore, we have actually left the, 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 the opportunity to suffer for others to be saved. So the salvation, though we are in the harvest season, it's difficult for a lot of souls to come to Christ. Why? Because the price payers are not ready. They're not ready to pay the price. But Paul said that I want to experience the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. Being made. I was saying, I said, you said, you fair, you are a woman. I said, I'm a person, I'm a person. Because I'm a person, I'm a person. And I'm a person, to me. I want to come into that point. We pray for resurrection power, but do we pray for fellowship of his suffering? Do we pray for fellowship of his suffering? 
Yeah. Sometimes people are able to put bombs on their body and enter into crowds and then go and suicide bombing, destroy lives. A believer can sit in a bus. A believer can go to an area and you can have the impression to speak the word. And you look your left and check your dress. Your dressing alone advises you not to speak because you are shy. You are too well dressed to speak in public. The baptism of suffering. Ah, you have not come there. 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 I pray that God will grant us the grace to be able. The Bible says that who for the joy which was set before him, he endured. Who for the joy which was set before him. I don't know whether we know, we, we, I don't think we have even come to the place of the joy of our calling. You have not come there. David prayed a prayer. He said, cast me not away from thy presence. Take not the joy of thy salvation. Take not the joy of thy salvation. The baptism of what? Of suffering. The baptism of suffering. The baptism of suffering impacts the grace of God. The anointing of God and the ability of God to rejoice in the suffering. The sacrifices and the burdens of the ministry become no longer a burden but a joy and a privilege. And you can say it like the way Paul said, I, I count it all joy when I go through diverse persecution. I count it what? All joy. Have you come to that point? Have you come to that point? Where you can count it all joy. The Bible says that Jesus Christ was praying in the garden of Gethsemane and he was telling the father, Lord, I desire, I, in my, I wish I, I, this thing will pass over me. But God, let it be your will. And then he accepted the will of the Father to really, really be baptized with all the sufferings he was going to go through. And when he survived, before, after the prayer, the Bible says that an angel of the Lord came to strengthen him. Child of God, your willingness to embrace the cross, your willingness to embrace the sufferings attracts divine strength. So the Bible says that God told Paul, he said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for thee. Sufficiency of grace answers at the point of your baptism of suffering. And the perfection of his strength, the perfection of his strength, the perfection of his, the excellency, the excellency of his strength is seen when men know that you cannot bear it. When you even know that no, you cannot survive this. This is the point where you see the excellency of his strength. This is the point where you see the sufficiency of his grace. You will not come to the place of lack. You will not come to the place of frustration. You will not come to the place where you lack peace. The sufficiency of his grace will answer. The sufficiency. We call it sufficient grace. We call it sufficient grace. And I speak it prophetically. Anyone that is going through any challenge anywhere, may the sufficient grace answer unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the sufficient grace of Jehovah answer unto you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Sufficiency of his grace. This is the reason why a lot of martyrs go through what they go through. Some people are ready to be bent for their faith. Others are ready to die for their faith. Others are ready to be headed for their faith. How are they able to welcome it with peace? Because they are endued. Because they present a ready heart to the Lord. The Lord
Lord, we are ready for this. And grace answered. Grace answered. May grace answer unto you. I said, may grace answer unto you. As you take the decision to survive, to stand no matter what, to stand. Whether there is water, there is rain, there is whatever, to stand. If needs be, God is a God that is able to send a crow to bring you bread, your daily bread. He's able. I said, God is able. I said, God is able. I said, God is able. The Bible says, after that, he had given him a name which is above all other names. You cannot overcome. You cannot carry your cross. You cannot overcome and be wasted. No. You'll be exalted. I said, you'll be exalted. I said, you'll be exalted in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hebrews 12 to say that I rejoice in my sufferings for you. Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the sufferings of the cross. He said, me too, I rejoice. I rejoice i rejoice some of us because of our callings parents may reject us some of us because of our callings even our wives and husbands may i mean divorce us some of us because of the call of god upon our life you see your call will determine the cup which you will drink so jesus said that i have a particular cup to drink i have a particular cup to drink you to your call will determine the cup which you will drink yeah let me make this point clear to you that you see your ability to embrace the baptism of suffering will not is that is not what's going to determine whether you are going to enter into heaven or not but actually that is going to determine your rank your rank in heaven when you get to heaven your rank your position in heaven the bible says because he survived it he had been given a name far above every other name and he had been made to sit at the right hand side of the father where would you sit in his kingdom which name would you bear which name would you bear the bible says that and them that overcome and them that they overcome he would give them the crown of what life in heaven there are overcomers <laughs> one of these days i'll teach you about the, 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 the five overcomers there are overcomers and you must be one of them you must be one of them shadaba katalaba satire Zibro Cabrande Sataya Zeketelebo Shakatalaba. We have come to a dispensation and a time. We are in a season where we need to embrace ourselves to go through what is ahead of us. He said, There is something ahead of me, Peter. There is something waiting for me. There is a, a cup waiting for me to drink. Peter said, Don't say that. He said, Go away from me go away from me. Jesus overcame all these challenges to be able to go through the baptism of suffering. Child of God, anybody that tells you that Christianity has no, nothing like suffering attached to which is deceiving you. Anybody that tells you is deceiving you. If you become a Christian, you will suffer for it. And you see your choice to embrace the suffering will determine your rank in the kingdom your authority in the kingdom so when a demon was addressing some two guys the bible said that the demon made a statement he said jesus i know he said paul too i know because these are men of authority in the kingdom they have voices they have survived their sufferings he said jesus i know paul i know he said who are you what have you survived what have you suffered what have you survived what have you gone through it's 
not about putting towels and big chains and crosses around you it's about the real cross you carry it's about the price you pay men that are ready for you see when you come to the place of the cross of suffering or the, the, the baptism of suffering you don't even want to be known your name is not relevant your fame is not relevant you don't want to be known you live a nameless fameless lifestyle it's not about advert putting yourself internet and facebooking and doing this it's not about that it's not about that the bible says jesus kept redrawing himself he kept redrawing himself you want to be known by people yeah yeah i i send the anointing of god here i i send the anointing of god right here i send the anointing of god right here Beloved, don't be disturbed when you are insulted for your faith. Beloved, don't be disturbed when you are going through many things because of your faith. Beloved, don't be disturbed when you lack many things because of your faith. Paul said, I counted all joy. I counted all joy. I counted all joy. I count it all joy. How do you count it? Don't see it as a disturbance to have the privilege and the opportunity to go through. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Anybody that willingly accepts and goes through the baptism of suffering, walk in step and in close proximity with the Lord. He walks in step and in close proximity with the Lord. It is your willingness to accept the baptism of suffering that brings you more closer to the Lord. Yeah. How can you prove your love if you're not ready to die for him? How can you prove your life if you're not ready to exchange your life for his life? Paul said, the life that I live now is no longer I, but it is he that lives in me. That means that I have no life any longer in me. For his sake, my life, the life is exhausted. Now I'm living on a borrowed life, a spare life, which is his life. I have exchanged my life for his life. I don't have any vision of my own. If I'm going out, I'm going out because it's in connection with his calling. I don't have any vision of my own. If I'm schooling, I'm schooling because it's in connection with his calling. I have no life on my own. Now listen to me. The baptism of suffering is a privilege. It is not a burden. It is not even granted everybody. It's not every believer that is granted opportunity. Because it is them that are ready to prove their love for the Lord. That are granted the opportunity to come to that dimension. And the grace of God are given unto them. The grace of God are given unto them. Go check history. All men that made history as long as the kingdom of God is concerned. Go and check what they survived. Go and check the prices they paid. The prices they paid. You are boasting. You are thinking about power. And that. And this. And that you are not ready to survive in the wilderness, you are not ready for the baptism of suffering. What are you trying to tell us? Wherever you are, I just want to close at this point. Next week, I continue up with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
I want to close at this point. But I want us to pray. Shortly, in the next two minutes, I want us to pray. And tell God, Lord, give me a heart that is ready to follow no matter what. To pay any price. To pay any price. So, Paul said, a night and a day he has been in the deep. He has been in perils from all kinds of people and in all types of situations. In weariness, in toil, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in thirst, in fasting, in cold, in nakedness. He has remained faithful to the call of God on his life. So it was for the call he survived. Paul didn't love to fast every day. There were times he was hungry. So you meet him hungry, you think he's fasting. So he said in fasting and in hunger, it means they are not the same. The father you are hungry doesn't mean you are fasting. But he survived it. I pray that you will survive. Some of us have come to the place. Some of us find ourselves at Islamic territories where it is difficult to express your Christ. Some of you find yourself at communist areas where it is difficult to, for you to express your, 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 yourself. I want us to pray for martyrs. People who are suffering. People who have found themselves in China, in the North Korea. We are going to do a short intercession that, 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 that God will release sufficient grace and the strength of God will be perfected. We are praying for uncommon demonstration and of the supernatural on their behalf. Every matai across the globe, every matai across the globe, every matai across the globe, anybody suffering for his faith, anybody suffering for his calling, let there be sufficient strength, sufficient grace, sufficient strength. May his strength be perfect. May the Lord strength be made perfect. In their weaknesses. May they not lack supply of resources. May they not lack supply of resources. Any missionary. Any missionary. By sickness and by diseases. By sickness and by diseases. In the mighty name of Jesus. Every missionary that is attacked by sickness, by disease, we're praying for their family, we're praying for their very lives, we're praying for their wives. Any missionary whose wife is going through a challenge as we intercede right here, may divine intervention, may divine intervention happen. 
May divine intervention happen. May divine intervention happen. May divine intervention happen. May divine intervention happen. May divine intervention happen. May divine intervention happen. Yes, sir. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Father, we pray. Let your mighty arm, Lord, be stretched out. Let it be stretched out, Lord, and bring salvation to every missionary, every man of God, every person that is going through challenges for the sake of the call of God upon his life. Anybody that is facing a situation of lack, hunger, peril, Lord, deaths, prisons, I pray, Lord, for uncommon intervention, divine intervention, supernatural intervention. Lord, you have done it to Paul, you have done it for Peter, and you will do it for us too in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that Jehovah, you will prove that they are your people, they are your children. Anyone whose family is under attack of sickness, disease, virus, bacteria. Lord, I pray for supernatural healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, sir, Jehovah. Mandarel Shekatala. Zibrando Sheketelemushata. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. I pray for every saint, every Christian. I pray for every Christian. May you be strengthened. May you be strengthened. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe. You can share with your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at KMC Worldwide. For more information, visit kmcworldwide.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.